You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome everyone to the Oz Network. We come to you for a month that we apparently think is great to do every single year and then we end up having to watch these movies and realise what on earth are we doing. It's Bad Movie Month Week 2. As we do a movie that is often regarded as one of the worst movies of all time. And let's be honest, you hear things like that, you've never seen the movies, you're like, oh, it can't be that bad. Like, you know, I've seen The Room. Like, it's terrible, but it's so good it's bad. Like, it's so bad it's good. Like, that's the point. So then we decided, oh, we've never done the 2004 Catwoman. And surely it can't be that bad. And then we watched it. And... (laughs) Now we have to recap it. Oh, my lordy, we are here to cover Catwoman. We're sorry, everyone. I know we've had lots of listeners recently, but, like, don't listen to this episode. Just right now, just skip this one. Just skip it. Go and watch Gigli and what do... I mean, I'm sure that's not that bad. I mean, we thought about this week, but who knows? Um, and, oh, God, what are we here to do? Uh, my name is Ben, a.k.a. Man Sandwich at 12 o'clock, and Ben... <laughs> Rhymes with hen and pen and ten and, I don't know, a lot of other words. And my name is Colin, and I am binning this movie. Done! <laughs> All right, thanks for listening. Next week, Colin, Sheely, have we, uh, what are your thoughts? I've never seen it before. <laughs> oh, God, this... I, I didn't want it, like, again, seriously. I go into these movies, these, like, movies with terrible reputations that you've never seen, and you're like, no, nah, well, I mean, you know, come on. Like, it, it's been 16 years. It can't be that bad. Like, you know, it can't be that bad. It really is that bad. <laughs> the, one, the one positive I will say that I am, I am going to say with this movie is that I'm sure you appreciate Halle Berry and Die Another Day a lot more after watching this film. Please tell me at least that. No. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> come on. I mean, I appreciate a little bit more at X-Men after this. That's something. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Uh, look, I-, I actually have found ways in watching this movie to defend Die Another Day more. But anyway, we'll get to that. But, um, <laughs> I mean, God, I don't even know what to say. I think I'm saying it everything with the tone of my voice. Um, oh, I know something. Please say something. Look, background history, I saw it yesterday. It was crap. Cool. Right. That's covered that bit as well. Uh, go ahead. Give me your thoughts. Uh, I just Before I begin my thoughts, I just want to start off by saying uh, typically before we record any episode, no matter what it is, we're probably looking at about at least 10 minutes of pre-production discussion. <laughs> okay. How are we hosting this? All right. So, uh, oh, do I have a line for this? Okay. So what are we doing next? Oh, do we have anything? Oh, do we have a profile pic? Whatever. This was one minute and 50 seconds. I timed it before it was basically, let's record this and get it over with. So that tells you all you need to know. Done. All right. Jiggly next week. Um, I mean, I have no history with this movie either. Other than the fact that like, I've always been a huge superhero movie fan. Uh, you know, even back in these days, I would watch them all, no matter how bad they looked. I mean, I saw Daredevil and Elektra. I saw Ghost Rider. Uh, I never watched this movie because the trailer looked so bad and because I really dislike Halle Berry already. So why am I going to watch her in something that looks bad? And I think I caught 10 minutes of it a year or two ago on TV and I'm like, nah, don't have time for this. Uh, This is the one I kept forgetting was part of Bad Movie Month. (laughs) And I kind of wish that you'd forgotten too because then we could have been doing something else. Uh, But no, unfortunately we're here. Uh, The only other history I will give you is if it's any – you know, I, I, I would say 
consolation, but it's only a consolation me. Uh, as I was watching this on my phone, I discovered that I could speed up the video <laughs> slightly. So I got through this in approximately an hour and 20 minutes watching it at a slightly higher speed. Uh, but that's the only good thing I could say about this experience. How How is that possible? I felt sick enough watching this movie at normal speed with the amount of editing and speed <laughs> shots. I mean, God, you must have been puking all over the floor. Yeah, I, I'm just used to that when I'm watching Halle Berry movies. So uh, maybe it didn't bother me as much. I, I will say, and for anyone who's listened to 007, download now, great show. Um, I, I like Halle Berry. I've always actually been a Halle Berry fan. I remember seeing, was it the Flintstones that she was like her first ever movie that she did and all that sort of stuff. Um, X-Men movies. I really love Swordfish. That's a great film. Um, and just, I really like Halle Berry. I was one of these people who was excited to see her in Die Another Day and all this kind of stuff. Um, and of course, again, 007, I will defend her and die another day. And I'm going to find new ways to defend her and die another day after watching this movie. Um, but it's just, ah, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) This is definitely a career killer, I would have to say, because, I mean, what has she done after this movie? She did that, was it Extant, that TV show, which was actually quite good. Uh, I don't know if you ever watched that. Oh, yeah. Um... I really don't... You don't really see Halle Berry. Like, uh, she was in Cloud Atlas. I enjoyed that movie. I'm one of the few, if you sit through all 20 hours of it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, like, I, I mean, I one thing I have to say, I'm still lost for words after watching this movie, and I realise we're going to get into this. We're going to try and keep this as short as we possibly can, and I'm sure you're seeing the timestamp of this episode and realising how short we've done it, hopefully, he says, having done a five-hour episode. Um <laughs> Like, I will say, though, that I, I actually... I never watched her Razzie acceptance speech until last night. It's hilarious. I don't know if you watched it. Um, yeah. And, like, I, I... Again, I like Halle Berry, and I, I actually really... The one thing I've taken out of this, having watched it, is I appreciate the fact that clearly Halle Berry really realised that this is a piece of crap later on and that she clearly <laughs> bags it out. And that's, that's... Again, I know you don't like it, but I think we mentioned this last week. You've got to at least appreciate that she can own the fact that okay oh yeah i was in a crap movie what the hell did i do yeah no no i i mean i i always did find that funny because she was the first person to ever no she may not i think uh tom green may have accepted it in person but that's just something tom green would do so legitimate actors i think she was the first one to ever accept a razzie in person uh and this has come out of somebody who had won the oscar i think the year before so i mean that does say a lot about her humility i guess um, I'm not a Halle Berry fan. I never have been. Uh, it's funny because Jamie and I were watching the the first X-Men movie a couple days ago and no context of me saying, oh, yeah, I have to you know watch Catwoman later. She literally every single time Halle Berry's on screen just starts laughing and says she is so bad. <laughs> and that's an X-Men, one of the ones where she's like, OK, just not terrible. I'm I'm glad you said Swordfish because the funny thing is every every time Jamie said that I kept thinking like has she been in any movies that I liked her in and I'm like oh yeah Swordfish she was okay in Swordfish uh, and then there was another one she made um, it, it was more recently uh, where she played a nine one one operator that one was okay uh, but yeah other than that like she's bad in pretty much everything so I mean it shouldn't be a surprise that she's terrible in this movie it should be a surprise that this movie exists period because. I don't know what the point is that we talked about Crossroads was just a nothing movie. This is like a nothing movie on speed. You just get the world's worst director. I'm watching the credits and the director's name is Pitoff. Like, what is a Pitoff? Like, it sounds like a cat name. I don't. I want to know what a Pitoff is. He's French, uh, so that explains a bit. 
Um, <laughs> and reading his Wikipedia page, it's like he's typed it himself because it literally starts off with, Pitoff's passion has always been cinema and photography. Photography. As a teenager, he built his own black and white photo lab in the family house basement to experiment. His very first job fulfilled his passion, assistant photographer. <laughs> like, it's just so... <laughs> yeah, I, I actually thought this was directed by someone notable and that like this destroyed their career, but no, Pitoff is the guy who directed this movie. <laughs> a French director who had literally directed one thing previously, a French movie called Vidoc, which of course stars Gérard Depardieu. Of course it does. Um, he was a second unit director on Alien Resurrection, and isn't that considered one of the worst Alien films? Um, and other than that, he did a lot of visual work, essentially. And for somehow, he lands... Catwoman, which, again, this is... We talk about how did this movie exist. I mean, this was basically greenlit after, uh, what was it, Batman Returns with yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer. I mean, this this is one of these development hell movies that had been around for a bloody long time. 1993, it was announced that this was going to be happening with Michelle Pfeiffer. And then eventually it got pushed back, uh, got pushed back again, kept getting pushed back. Then kind of in the early 2000s, it was announced, hey, it's finally going to happen. Ashley Judd, remember her? She was uh, initially connected to it. Apparently that fell off. Nicole Kidman was then connected to it, oh. which I don't know. I don't. Is that, a, is that an angry groan, a happy groan? What's your Nicole Kidman feeling here? I, 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 Nicole Kidman's infinitely a better actress than Halle Berry, but somehow she would have, I think, been even worse in this movie. I cannot <laughs> picture Nicole Kidman as Catwoman. Yeah, I actually kind of agree with you. Like, th- This is the thing with Halle Berry is that, and this is where I think you and I differ on her, is that... Somehow I feel she can, like, and maybe this is where you or some people think she's a bad actress. She can kind of take material, and to me, like, she seems like she's having fun with it, and she's still giving her all, and I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. It's like Britney Spears last week was just, you know, whispering and, what, like, crying and doing all this kind of stuff. Yawning. Very, yeah, it's yawning, that's the one. Whereas, like, this is why I'm saying, like, I feel like Die Another Day, she looks better in it now that after watching this movie, is because this movie, Catwoman, is just... A, Terrible movie, bad script, bad everything. And, like, she's given her all here with just crap. And kind of everyone in this movie is kind of just given crap. And it's just everything is crap personified. In Die Another Day, like, again, I can see where you would think that she's bad. But I think Halle Berry still looks like she's having fun with it. And he's playing that character that fits with the tone of the movie. Even though you're going to disagree with that. I just feel that this is just all crap around it and you can't enjoy any of it because you're feeling sick. You're wondering why there's 112 cuts and two seconds worth of film. There's a weird basketball scene, a cat vomiting on people. Oh, God, I didn't even know where to get started with this. The point is, back to my original point, this movie was in planning stages forever. Um, Apparently, the reason this film exists is because Warner Brothers cancelled a Batman v Superman movie in 2004 (laughs) and decided to greenlight this instead. And somehow... We end up with a movie that has about as much connection to Batman as my left nipple. Because why is this movie even called Catwoman? Call this like Cat Broad or whatever those other people are saying in this movie. Because Cat Chick, Cat yeah. Chick. Because I mean, again, she's not even called Selena Kyle. Like this has got nothing to do with Batman. It's a, it's a stain on Batman. It's a stain on cinema. Yes, yeah. <laughs> just go a little bit further. <laughs> To stay in a life. And I, I, yes. <laughs> I'd rather catch coronavirus than watch this movie. <laughs> uh, the, the, the one thing I'll say I'll agree with you is that, yeah, Halle Berry does look like she's having fun. But I think 
there's a difference between a person having fun and you know the audience being able to enjoy it and a person having fun to the point where it's just kind of annoying to watch like she does give it her all but when you're all is not all there when you're all is like 25 percent what even an average actor has i don't want you giving your all because it just comes across as annoying and she is less annoying in this movie than die another day just because yay die win, another day tr- win. They, no no i said no 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 i said she is less annoying in this oh. than in die another day oh, meaning bugger. she's more annoying in die another day i was listening but that's wrong. only because <laughs> die another day tried harder in a way that's actually better for her in this movie but worse for the movie because the movie doesn't even try to make her likable or interesting or anything well yeah i mean okay look this is the thing with all of my opinions on die another day and everything i'm saying it's like I'm going to have a different opinion. But again, it's not like I can't see what you or anyone else is saying. I've always said that about Die Another Day. I can see why people see it's bad and don't like it. People just, we just enjoy different things. I'm sure there's one person on the planet who enjoys Catwoman. His name is Pitoff. Um, <laughs> he watches this all the time. It's like, oh, I love this movie. I am such American Hollywood filmmaker. Um, but like, I guess also too, like there are there are people out there that annoy everyone. Like there are actors. Like a lot of people don't like Adam Sandler, right? They don't like his movies. They don't like how he acts. But I'm an Adam Sandler fan. I'm trying to think of an actor who I don't like who other people like. I can't think of one off the top of my head. I was going to go with Renee Russo again, but I like Renee Russo, so <laughs> she's my go-to. Whereas there's just obviously something about Halle Berry that I like, and I can put up with her, even though I can see why you would find her annoying the way she is. But I guess I just appreciate her ability, because like, I'm weirdly thinking of Cara Delevingne. I don't know why. She's not even an actress. <laughs> I mean, she's a model slash actress. But like, she is someone that maybe annoys me because in everything I've seen her in, she just is like, she's so into it. She's like, I'm such a good actor. Look at me. I'm so like, this is my craft. She's just, she's trying way too hard. And she just yeah. comes across as terrible. Whereas Halle Berry to me, even with terrible material and things around her that are bad, she just looks like she's having fun. And that's what I love about Jinx. Like, like the character fits the tone of the film. Okay, I see what you're saying. Sometimes I do take it a little <laughs> bit too seriously and die another day. There is a tonal problem. I mean, there is a guy who directed it who couldn't decide what gender to be each day, so there's probably a reason there. But, again, I can put up with it because I like the character of Jinx. This movie, <laughs> like... I mean, I like Benjamin Bratt. Like, I do. I I like Lois Griffin in Family Guy. I like Fran- Francis Conrad. I like cats. Like, but... <laughs> they even made me not like cats in this movie. Why? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's just so many things wrong with this. Um, I'm interested if we get into the box office here, because I, I feel like this movie actually made more. Maybe it's mostly worldwide than I expected to. But I remember this coming out and just being like... You know, this was a disaster, and I always thought it was the promotion because I don't even remember, if, uh, or I don't, I don't remember if Ben remembers. No, I remember, but I don't know if you remember when this movie came out and how it was promoted. But I mean, it pretty much is in line with what we get with the movie. But I think they pretty pretty much only sold the stripper aspect of this. It was like they were trying to take who was considered at the time the sexiest woman alive, and. Let's just put her in a stripper outfit and have her whipping things and licking things and stuff like that and almost market it as a porno film. Mm. Uh, And it actually resulted in nobody seeing this movie. And I think what we get in the movie, it has elements of that, but then the other elements are just nothing. So, I mean, if we want to talk about what effort people put into it, I think Pitoff put a lot of effort into the stripper scenes 
and nothing into everything else. Well, this was the most, uh, the highest grossing female bo- uh, superhero movie until Wonder Woman, funnily enough. So, like, that goes to What show. are the three on that list? Yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean, I do I, I do actually remember this being promoted and everything. And, like, there was a part of me, like, because going back to where you were saying how you would always see these superhero movies back in the day. Because, again, mm. early 2000s, this was still very fresh. Like, I understand we'd had Batman and Superman and all these kind of movies in the 80s and 90s. But, like, it really took off, like, post-X-Men. So, like... Every yeah. year, it was such a fresh thing. It was almost like an event. Like, oh, my God, I'm going to see X-Men this year. I'm going to see Spider-Man. I'm going to see Daredevil. I'm going to see Hulk. Like, you know, every single time one came out, you're like, oh, my God, this is exciting. And I remember this being promoted and kind of getting a bit excited. But then you saw more of the promotion. And you're like, what the hell is this? And, yeah, like, the whole aspect around the stripper part, because I forgot um, going into this movie just how much of an emphasis and literally there's about a third of this film is just zooming in on her ass and her boobs and her stomach and all this sort of yeah. stuff because as you said I mean she basically was the sexiest woman in the world at that point Halle Berry's stock coming into this movie was huge uh, you know she she had just won an Oscar a couple of years prior to that uh, you know she's been in the X-Men franchise Gothica I think was semi box office it was successful yeah yeah uh say what you will about die another day it was still a box office success she was a bond girl so like you know her Mm. stock was huge at this point um so like i mean that was a huge promotional tool around it so yeah and like again is this is this a thing that you think it's just different times now that basically female-led superhero movies as you said the couple that existed they were kind of sold around more of a oh look at her boobs look how tight and sexy she is rather than any form of story. I mean, again, times change, but I, I don't know. Like, I mean, <laughs> it's it's weird to think you know, that this is a whole thing that maybe people were coming into this. Going, oh, well, it's going to be crap, but at least I get to see Halle Berry whipping someone. Yeah, but I, at the same time, I mean, playing devil's advocate here, even if you look at the male-led superhero movies of the time, I mean, you had Tobey Maguire in the movie, and they made you know, a, a very conscious effort to promote that movie with the shot of him shirtless, you know, and... I don't think you could find any male-fronted superhero movies. Hugh Jackman in X-Men, especially X-Men 2, I mean, their whole teaser trailer was just him ripping off his shirt and killing people, you know? So I think that's just a part of superhero movies in general. The funny thing is that we've almost flipped that even more, whereas I feel like the female movies at this time, because the other ones that, uh, I guess, notoriously killed female-led action movies for years, studios more or less admitted that, were Catwoman, Elektra, and then what was that Charlize Theron one? Oh, um... Uh, blonde something, wasn't it? No, not a t- uh, the one that from like years before. It was like a weird sci-fi-ish movie. Oh, okay. It'll come to me later. Okay. But those three movies all bombed, and then studios basically said we're not making female-led action movies anymore. And they thought the problem was people don't want to see female-led action movies. They didn't realize people don't want to be fed female action movies that are just strip teases, you know? Because I feel like Elektra – the difference between Electra and Daredevil and Electra and Electra is that they went the whole let's sex her up route. And, you know, I'm all for sexing up Jennifer Garner. I mean, please. But <laughs> in in the case of Electra, it was just a bad movie. And it was misreading the audience into thinking that you'd get guys in the theater just because you have a woman dressing as a stripper, not realizing that th- there's this famous meme you've probably seen. Most people have it. I'm going to misquote it. But it's a, a man and woman lying in bed. They're both awake at night. And the woman's saying, I bet she's thinking about another woman right now. And then the guy's like, I wonder if Superman could outrun the Flash. You know, yeah. that's ultimately what guys are wanting in a superhero movie still. You know, if you have, you know, a nice looking woman who's 
doing a little bit of sexy stuff in there, <laughs> then that's a bonus. <laughs> not playing basketball. That's not sexy. Not playing basketball. Yeah, not <laughs> climbing down Ferris wheels. But it's just a bonus. You know, you still you still want a good movie out of it, and they just weren't making good movies. And now we're at the point where they are probably, arguably, sexing up the males more than anything else. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy, Captain America, uh, Ant Man, all of these movies. The trailers alone make sure to prominently feature the abs and the shirtless men. And, yeah. you know, it, 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 we're getting the opposite now where these movies are getting a larger female audience maybe as a result of that. But I don't know. It's just reading your audiences wrong. And I and I think that's a very good point to make because, you know, this was a thing that tainted female-led uh, action movies. Not just superhero movies, but action movies in general for yeah. a very long time. It was always painted with this brush of, oh, you know, men don't see them. You know, it's sexist. And, oh, you know, they're just in you know, it to see their bodies. If you, again... If you make Look a movie, box office. yeah, well, make a movie that's good. <laughs> like you yeah. can't, you can't watch Catwoman and anyone try and defend this and say, mm-hmm. oh well, you know, men just didn't see it because you know they're, they're sexist and like it's like I haven't seen the new Charlie's Angels movies, movie once, only one, there only ever will be one. I don't yeah. want to see it because I actually really like the, the Cameron Diaz ones from the early two thousands. And I saw the trailer, I'm like, well, that looks terrible. So I didn't, it wasn't me going, oh, it's a woman movie, I'm not going to see it. It looks terrible. And then for What's-A-Name to come out and basically be like, oh, well, men don't want to go see this. Can we just point out in the last 12 or 14 or however many months how many of these movies led by women have gone on to huge successes? I mean, Wonder Woman, for example, you know, other movies, you know, things like that. I think this is where we're, we're in this skewed area where people are kind of trying to label things a certain way when, let's be honest, it's a crap movie. Like, no one's yeah. going to go see Green Lantern and go, oh, well, if that was a woman, they would have gone and seen it. Like, people <laughs> yeah, can admit exactly. Green Lantern was a shit movie. <laughs> like, they don't mm-hmm. need to play the gender card. Play the Ryan Reynolds card. Play the Canadian card, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, actually, I've never seen Green Lantern, so I can't really comment, but I hear it's bad. Oh, you're lucky. Uh, um, anyway, we're going on tangents because we're just trying to avoid talking about this movie <laughs> well this is gonna be quick because I'm, I'm being honest i have never written less notes for something in my life look i've written notes but i i, I feel like i'm not going to read the notes i've got the movie in front of me and i feel like i can just skim through so much crap um <laughs> so i mean this is in a day of um i guess the dc movies where we didn't get the dc logo at the beginning i think marvel was still putting a marvel logo at the beginning of their movies at this point weren't they like spider-man did uh yeah. X-Men, did they do that? I can't... Hulk, Hulk, yeah. Okay. So, again, I mean, did DC distance themselves from this project? Is there any new... Like, because I would assume that they would, you know, oh, this is a DC Comics film, or... Because how how does that even work in the way this is meant to be connected to the comics? I mean, DC has... I guess at this point was really distancing itself from all movies. They sort of just treated it as its own entity. Because even if you look at the, the, the 90s Batman movies, you know, you might see a based on comics from DC comics or whatever, but it wasn't like they were out there promoting these things. Um, I think that's something that, that really started uh, more with Marvel, not, not the Marvel universe as we know it now, Marvel producing their own movies, but it really started with, I guess they had that in the back of their head. So they're like, okay, well let's inject ourselves as much as possible into the X-Men movies, into the Spider-Man movies, into Daredevil or Hulk or whatever else is out there. Uh, And it wasn't, 
I would say even though there was still involvement with the Dark Knight movies, it wasn't until the Dark Knight trilogy was over that DC said, let's be hands on with the development of these movies. Actually, funny enough, it would have been the Green Lantern because the Green Lantern was the first time where they assigned one of their comic book writers to be involved in the production of the movie. But at this point, it's just it, we're going to let you make a movie based on our thing. That's your thing. Comics are our thing. Um, I just had a really good thought, just on a side tangent, because I'm just the beginning of the movie here, and it's come up with um, you know, the the opening titles. You, you know, we're we're in the process of maybe getting some t-shirts done. We'll you know, hopefully get this up in the next coming months. But you know how like people legitimately wear t-shirts that say "written and directed by Quentin Tarantino." I think they're kind of cool, kind of mm-hmm. quirky. Can we make a directed, written and directed by Pitoff shirt? Um, <laughs> I'd wear it with uh, like a cat coughing up a hairball. Yes. <laughs> Done. All right, that's out. That's on the yeah. t-shirt list. Um, and also just a question for you, because I know you read. I don't know how to read. Um, <laughs> what is the actual backstory of Catwoman, a.k.a. Selena Kyle? Like, does she have cat powers? Or is like, cause, I mean, or is it like the Dark Knight where you see Anne Hathaway just, she's a bit of a burglar? Like, what is there something there? It's No, it's both, because you get so many different versions of Catwoman, you know, over the years, and, and different looks for it and everything, but... As far as it not being Selena Kyle, I mean, that's something that I, nothing I've ever read hasn't been Selena Kyle. But you do have the versions where she is more a little bit mutated or given powers by cats. And then you have the ones where she is just a cat burglar. I'm just saying this now. Um, Todd Phillips, uh, can we have a really dark, gritty Catwoman movie, a.k.a. like Joker? Um, just, you know, like I'd watch it. I think it'd be great. (laughs) Anyway. Okay. So we've got like 20 minutes worth of opening shots here of Egyptian things and (laughs) lines. And again, confusing. Like I, like, am I meant to be here? Like, oh, cool. Cats are important. There's women on trapezes dressed as cats. Like this makes no sense. There's a boat and then there's cats and stuff and cool. Then there's cat eyes. And then Halle Berry talks about how she was dead and how she was an unimportant person. The end. Uh, Catwoman's died. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but no, no. She, we meet, what's her name? Patience Phillips. What a name. Um, and, of course, at the sexiest woman in the world at the time, how do you make her unsexy? You give her really baggy clothes and make her hair look frumpy. And she still looks incredibly attractive. And she's still going to have, like, a cop catch on to her soon, even though she looks like this. Um, let's just say this now. This movie has got some of the worst CGI that you will ever see. And some oh, of the boy. worst overhead sweeping shots of, like, it's almost like a video game half the point, the way they sweep and pan over things. And then they do this yeah. weird speed up over the city, which looks like something they've created on, like, MS Paint. Um, <laughs> she works in a advertising firm, which, for some really weird reason... Like, actually, am I wrong here in saying she works for an advertising firm because it's so connected to this pharmaceuticals makeup company? Like, does she work in the advertising part of a makeup company? Or is yeah, this ever I, explained? I think it's an internal department, maybe. Oh, because I thought she was... Yeah, whatever. She's a graphic designer. Cool. Um, basically, her life sucks. Her friend, who is Lois Griffin from Family Guy, is using this cream... We find out that Sharon Stone is no longer the face of this company and a douche nozzle husband who has the worst British accent in the world because he's been in lots of things. Who is that guy? Matrix. Uh, ah, right. Yes, him. Thank you. And he's not really British. And he's French. He's, yes, there we go. And he's got like a terrible <laughs> British accent. He's so bad. Um, and I, like, I, I want to say this right now. Again, nothing against Sharon Stone. She's a great actress. 
you know, good for her. A lot of men appreciate Sharon Stone after Basic Instinct. Good for them. But, like, is this movie... Is she acting in this movie? Is this just her, like, angry at Hollywood? Because <laughs> she's basically yep. like, No! Younger women! And grr! <laughs> like, that's my Sharon Stone impersonation. I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Sharon Stone. Um, and she still looks incredible in this movie. I don't know how you feel about that. Um, gosh, how do I... <sighs> Halle Berry did something wrong. The guy doesn't like the red. Instead of just changing the colour, he gets, like, gives her 24 hours, a midnight deadline to... Because ch- why? I don't know. Um... Sharon Stone and Matrix guy are fighting. There's a party opposite Halle Berry's house. She's angry. There's a cat in a ledge. Benjamin Bratt sees her, thinks she's about to jump. Uh, they organise a coffee date. He's man candy. Her work colleagues think that she should date him. Sharon Stone's angry because all the photos of her have been removed from the office. Um... <laughs> Don't know what to say. Yes, um, legitimately dry reading <laughs> was visually on screen, but that's all we need. Halle Berry can't get a, a her final draft off at eleven forty three at night from a messenger. She gets the worst person on the phone. It's not my fault. And she's like, oh, "Okay, I know it's not your fault. I'll deliver it myself." She's in Manhattan and somehow gets out to like Jersey or something in seventeen minutes. Yep. Okay. Cool. We've got this fake factory that looks terrible. Um. She walks in this building with terrible security to discover that this whole cream thing is basically burning people's faces, but we're going to lie and we're just going to put it out anyway. That is the plot of the movie, people. Oh. The plot of this movie is that there's a makeup company who want to get a cream out that didn't pass FDA regulations and they're going to sell it anyway. And literally within a week, when women's faces are starting to burn off, they would be sued, they would go bankrupt, there would be a class action lawsuit, but for some reason, Catwoman needs to stop this. Uh- hey, no joke. I want to go on Wikipedia and update the plot summary for this movie to read the following. Only a superhero, Patience Phillips, can stop a face cream from reaching the market without FDA approval. <laughs> That's the plot of the movie. It is. I don't they know. don't have FDA approval for a face cream. <laughs> I don't know if it was the oddest trailer or one of the everything wrong with I watch. They literally said, Catwoman can sit this movie out and nothing changes. Like, like <laughs> legitimately, they're getting sued a week later after this. Like, think about it. If tomorrow, because again, let's be topical because we are a topical podcast. If tomorrow they released a coronavirus cure that they rushed out and within a week later it was giving people like a fourth arm, it's going to be recalled and that company yeah. is going to be sued. All right? Catwoman doesn't need to stop it. Like, it's... This is this movie in a nutshell. Um, one of the security guards at this place is Ira Gaines from 24. I don't know if you uh, noticed him, uh, Michael Massey. Um, I didn't. <laughs> there you go. Um, she gets caught. She gets shot at. She goes in a pipe. She dies. She wakes up on a rock. And the worst cats you will ever see. Cly- I was cracking up laughing at this because this is like 20 cats out of nowhere on this rock island. Breathe on her. Her eye- <laughs> I can't even believe I'm saying these words. Her eye turns into a cat eye. She goes home, smashes a window, and sleeps on a shelf. 
<laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the origin story of Catwoman. Um, oh. I'm just going to cap it there. I mean, we're about a third of the way in this movie oh. now. Uh, I've got some thoughts. Uh, go for it. <laughs> so first of all, let's start picking apart all the plot holes here. When they introduce uh, Mr. Francais and Sharon Stone... Uh, it's basically in a board meeting where I guess she has been the face of the company, but they're implying, I guess, she's too old, so they need to bring in a younger person. But this comes right after they say, our newest product is going to help aging women reverse the effects of aging. So why is the new face of the company 22 years old? Like, it goes against what you are marketing to remove the older woman from all of your advertisement. It's just it, – it, Everything involved with the villain's plot just gets worse from here. That's just the beginning of the plot holes with their, their whole scheme to take over the world or whatever this is. Um, when the cat is outside her window. Okay, so she sees a cat on a ledge. There's no moment of, here, come here, kitty, kitty. Oh, I wonder if I can go to the neighbor's house and get them to open their window because they can reach it. Or, oh, let me call the fire department. Or, oh, let me just see what the cat does. Let me immediately climb onto the ledge and stand on an air conditioner. And then when it starts to fall, let me just stand there instead of doing anything. Like, there's no logic here going out of the ledge in the first place. It's just stupid. Um, Benjamin Brad, okay, so he comes in, he saves the day. He then shows up at her work. Why is he at her work? Yeah. Like, why did he come there? Like, is it just to ask her out? And then he apologized to her. Sorry for this morning. You know, saving your life, I'm sorry? <laughs> like, I don't understand any of this. And then the, the whole plot, like I said, where, where she stumbles in there and they're showing like, oh, no, we can't put this thing on the market. It's going to kill people. Good. Do it anyways. You don't have customers to sell to if they die. There is no logic in them putting this on the market either. And again, it will get worse from here. Listen well, so to the tone running... of Colin's voice, everyone. <laughs> the last time you heard this was probably on Die Another Day on 007. Um, when... She's making the run through the tunnels or whatever. Like, was that consciously trying to be the fugitive where she stops at the end and the water's running past her? Like, I totally wanted her to turn around and just have a guy there with a gun and say, I didn't see the results of those human trials for that face cream. And he replies, I don't care. Yeah, it's completely ripped off of the fugitive. But then out of nowhere, you just have this rush of water like a toilet flushed. And then she's a whoosh just out of there. Like it was the most comically bad shot in the whole movie where she goes at the speed of sound out of this pipe. And then what happens? Can we get this bizarre sequence of the cats? They should have been doing something, making contact with her. Cats scratch her. Cats lick her. I think this is what they did in Batman Returns. No, a cat breathes on her gently and you visually see its breath like it's green mist or something like that. And then you get this bizarre sequence of her, like, it's like Homer's acid trip or whatever in the, the chili cook-off episode of The Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like you said, when she wakes up, before she wakes up on the shelf. So she gets her apartment where she's climbed up the side of the building. And she sees her own reflection in the mirror. And there's this look on her face like, what happened to me? She just has mud on her face. This isn't the Joker. Like, give me the mirror. Give me the mirror. She just has a money face and she's wiping away like, no, no, my beautiful face. And then what does she do? She bashes her face into a pane of glass. Why? Because I guess that's what cats do. Like, why is she hitting her face and breaking a pane of glass? So, it's just so terrible. Just move on. What's next in the movie? <laughs> a couple of things that I wanted um, that I gelled over, like when Benjamin Bratt, like as you said, like he just shows up to work because he finds her wallet. Like, do you in your wallet have your work address? Like in case I lose my wallet, come to my work. 
Um, and again, like, this guy's just met her five seconds earlier, and then he walks in and he's all like, hey, so I'm just wondering if I can take you to coffee. Um, and it's, you know, like, her friend, oh, man sandwich. And then when, when she's, when, whatever his ni- name is, like, oh, I'm Tom something or other, and then freaking Lois Griffin is all like, oh, Tom, Bomb, John, Don. Like, what the fuck is that? No, it's Lone. Lone is the last name. Lone, Bone, Cone, Don't. Ooh, romance. Uh, <laughs> what the hell? And I swear this movie, like, again, we're two years removed from Spider-Man. Spider-Man came on and, like, revolutionized superhero movies at this point. Like, it, it, there's so many moments where I feel like it's trying to be so much like Spider-Man. And it just, it's so bad. Like, the whole waking up, like, you know, again, like, you see, like, looking at herself and then, like, the sweeping shots and then we're going to get her, like, climbing over buildings like Peter Parker was soon. And it's just, it's just dumb. It's so dumb. Um, and like, again, one of these things I read, they made the very good point. Like, I think it was the, the pitch meeting when they kind of are joking about Spider-Man, how, you know, well, why are we seeing her as a cat, like hissing and, you know, rubbing her head against things and that, like in Spider-Man, we didn't see him laying eggs and eating his, you know, getting eaten by his female (laughs) counterpart. And like, oh, that was all the stuff that was edited out of the movie. These people weren't brave enough to show what these people would really (laughs) be like with these powers. Um, anyway, so the cat's back. It just happens to have a, a printed address on a piece of paper in its collar. Good. Uh, her name's Ophelia Powers. To me, just uh, her name should be like Ophelia Dick or something like that. Like, it just sounds like one of these, um, you know, Austin Powers names or something like that. Then we talk about these weird shots that Patong or Patoff or whatever the hell his name is. <laughs> <laughs> we have this zoom-in CGI MS Paint city that zooms into a glass building reflection... Of an old house in the middle of New York City. Why do we have to have a glaring shot through a... Like, it's so strange. And then Halle Berry shows up and he's all like, here's your cat. And this woman's like, come in. She's like, no, I'm late for work. Okay. Um, <laughs> she walks in. Literally a crazy cat woman. Literally. And <laughs> I don't like using that word. This woman has, like, every cat in Manhattan... And Frances Conroy, I mean, did they have de-aging technology in 2004? Because I saw her in things around this time, and she looks a lot older. She's using a lot of makeup in this movie. I love Frances Conroy. I actually do like her. But anyway, so she, like, gives the vaguest ever, I guess, explanation of, oh, my cat, you found it. It's an Egyptian cat. They're rare. Oh, yes, cats are great. Oh, don't leave. Have some catnip. Uh <laughs> To which this is her discovery that she must be one of these mystical cat people because Halle Berry is getting off on catnip. How do we know she hasn't put in, like, a couple of pounds of weed in there and it's like, oh, it's catnip, and Halle Berry's just a stoner or something like that. She's like... Um, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I am never in my life getting the image of Halle Berry rolling a catnip ball over her face out of my head. It is ingrained in there for life. You need to see movie 43 again. Uh, <laughs> once you see actors do certain things in that movie, you will you will never, ever uh, think of actors the same way. Um, Halle Berry goes to work. She yells at a boss. Great, empowering scene. Everyone cheers her, even though she just literally lost her job. Literally. Um, she's walking down the street with Lois Griffin... Um, she hisses at some dogs. She sees a necklace she likes. Lois Griffin collapses. She's in hospital. Oh, no, what could possibly be wrong? Because there's this vague plot point that she's been using the cream that's going to be killing people. 
Um, Benjamin Bratt got stood up before, and now he's at a school teaching basketball. The police are the worst in the world because they literally give him their lo- give her him. They give Halle Berry Benjamin Bratt's location at a school. Like, <laughs> I could be like. Uh, an ex-criminal who was angry that Benjamin Bratt arrested me. Oh, hi, where's Benjamin Bratt today? I was just at a school teaching kids basketball. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Gun cocks in the background of the phone. Also. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't have done that. Where is this set? Like, it's not Gotham. I don't think it's New York because you see the police cars later. They're, I mean, this is actually filmed in Winnipeg. I don't know if you looked at it. Um, was it? Part of it was. Winnipeg and Vancouver, this movie was filmed. So, again... Never get an exact location of where this movie is meant to be set. Um, and then we have the weirdest scene in a very weird movie. Um, Benjamin Bratt and Halle Berry playing basketball to Mystique Scandalous, a good song, uh, forever tainted now by this one scene, to which Patonk, Patik, Patank, whatever his name is, decides to showcase bums wiggling, faces oh. moving. Like, I think, can we count the edits in this scene, because seriously, I felt so sick after watching this scene because of the constant, like, cut, 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 zoom in, zoom. And can we also point out, what is with his weird obsession zooming in on people's faces in this movie? Every single shot is an ultra close-up of a person's face. That is this movie. It's it's a a French thing. It is definitely a French thing. (laughs) Um, And, I mean, this is the day and age of superhero movies where, you know, we had... Tobey Maguire becoming emo and dancing. Um, they, all superhero movies seem to have like a really weird scene at some point. This is this takes the cake. This is one of those scenes that I think I mentioned last week. I felt like I had seen some of this movie just because I always watch these top ten worst movie moments, and this is always on like top ten worst superhero movie scenes or something like this. And I can see why because. What is this scene? <laughs> and all these kids are literally standing around going, hey, look at this. And then Benjamin Bratt lifts his shirt up and shows his abs in front of 12-year-olds, like, oh. bouncing. I just, like, I want to rush over this whole movie, but seriously, can we just, like, pause to go and ask the question, what is this scene? It's it's wrong. <laughs> it's just wrong. <laughs> what is happening? Do you like Benjamin Bratt? Are you a Benjamin Bratt fan? I mean, he's not somebody I, I go out of my way to watch, but I don't dislike him in anything. I mean, he's decent. I, I'd have to read through his filmography to know everything. He was in um, – there was one movie that's, like, not even that good that he was in. Uh, was it the one of the Mars movies? Which one did he do? Oh, was it the Tim Robbins one? I don't know. <laughs> Red Planet? Was oh, it Red Planet or was it so Mission to Mars? I've seen them. Yeah, I know the ones you're talking about, though. Yeah, Red Planet. I remember liking him in Red Planet. <laughs> this is this is one of those things where it's like you, you get attached to an actor for like the most obscure movie. But I'm sure he's been in other things I liked him in. Uh, he was in the River Wild. He was the, the river guy that like basically Kevin Bacon shoots halfway down the river. Um, and he was in Clear and Present Danger. Miscongeniality. I'm sure you're a mis- I, you know I am a Miscongeniality fan, but yeah. <laughs> um, he's he was in that. Um, yeah, I mean, oh, ben- traffic. Benjamin Bratt's fine. Um, yeah, and he's okay. I just, I'm sad that he's in this movie. And again, I think this destroyed his career. I mean, what's Benjamin Bratt been in recently? Um, anyway, the weirdest, the, the weirdest basketball scene ever. Sharon Stone's angry. She breaks a glass because he's, the husband's doing someone young. Um, Callie Berry eats fish. Lois Griffin wants to fuck a doctor. Um... <laughs> There's still no plot to this movie. Uh, 
<laughs> Halle Berry yells <laughs> at her neighbors again. And like, again, like think about, you know, all the superheroes, like think about Spider-Man, like when he's discovering his powers and he's, you know, meek minded Peter Parker, but then he gets his powers and he can stand up to, you know, murderers and Gosh. all this sort of stuff. Go and fight Randy Savage in a cage and, you know, tough scenes, yeah. you know, stuff like this. Halle Berry's moment is pouring beer on some speakers and kicking a door down. Ooh, she's tough. Um, <laughs> like, that is literally her, like, empowering scene. To which all of a sudden she's all like, oh, yeah, I'm tough. So she goes and cuts all her hair off and pulls out a leather suit and steals a motorbike. Ho oh, ho, badass at three o'clock, everyone. Here she is. To which we get the most sickening, inducing motorbike scene through the streets of Winnipeg, Vancouver. And she goes and to the necklace that she thought was shiny. And just coincidentally, there's robbers stealing things. And we had the weirdest fight, which she bodies like, okay, I don't like the surfing scene in Die Another Day, but Ali Berry surfs a man across a floor. <laughs> <laughs> To which is she then trying to impersonate Michelle Pfeiffer with a meow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what's her, what's her line when she says, like, what a perfect night for it or something? Like, shut up. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> this is how I was talking about her and Die Another Day, and now Ben's finally there. She wakes up. There's jewels everywhere. Um, Halle Berry decides to just Google cats, women. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> She's not Googling Cats becoming people or people with cat abilities. She's like, cat, period, woman. <laughs> what? Well, she's not even using is Google. She's using Yahoo, isn't she? Like, <laughs> could have been asked Jeeves or something like that. So all of a sudden she gets it in her mind. Oh, hey, that crazy cat woman that I met, I'm going to go see her. To which she gets pushed off a ledge, lands on her feet. There's papers around her. Oh, look, history's been littered with women who are cats. You were great. Have a mask. To which she then goes... <laughs> all stripper we get the most zoomed in shot of her stomach and ass and boobs that you could ever have i swear that takes up three quarters of the movie again not complaining nice ass nice boobs but again it's like not great um we get terrible cgi of her climbing over buildings and sliding in cracks she goes back to the place to meet ira Gaines. there's a weird dance party with she orders a white russian with just milk or whatever it is. And ah, she's a cat. Get it? She's ordering milk. Um, She has a dance scene. She fights Ira Gaines. She sees a friend in the hospital, tells her, oh, don't use the cream. That's what's killing you. Um, And then we get to the funfair scene. Now, Colin, 007, Living Daylights. We had the argument. I listened to it recently. (laughs) Can you please say that the Living Daylights funfair scene is better than this funfair scene? Yes. Okay, good. (laughs) Thank you. Because, okay, everyone talks about the basketball scene maybe being the worst scene in this movie. What is the point of this Ferris wheel scene? Like, literally on a Ferris wheel, it breaks. For some reason, you've got the most inept person ever, like, oh, no, what do I do? Do I turn the Ferris wheel off? Benjamin Bratt, (laughs) who has no superpowers, can climb down a... that wheel to stop it and not just yell out, hey, buddy, this is what you do. He's like, oh, no, I'm a cop. I better do it. All the while, a a kid, this just reminded me of, my baby, my baby. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Some woman, oh, no, little Johnny's going to die. To which Halle Berry 
we get a POV v shot of her climbing down a Ferris wheel with a crowd of people watching, but this never comes up. <laughs> Saves little Johnny, and then they all walk off happily ever after. Oh, that was close. Oh, love. We love each other. To which it starts raining. She's a cat. Get it? She hates the rain. And then they make out in flowers. Or is this that scene? No, that's later. I don't care. It's a terrible scene. This uh, is a terrible movie. Yeah. What is going on right now? Uh, one thing I didn't even think about until you mentioned it was the the, the Ophelia Dink or whatever her name is. <laughs> uh, Dink. Her, her name. <laughs> Ophelia Dink. Dink. <laughs> Dink. Uh, in the cat collar, like. Okay, I understand if you have a collar with the name on it. She has a, basically a folded up piece of paper tucked yeah. underneath this. Like, that's the easiest way to keep the information in the cat collar. We have a, a cat of and it has a, it has a tag on it which just says our cat's name and our phone number underneath it. Yeah, and I guess that wasn't in the budget for Ophelia Dink or whatever. <laughs> like, there's not a lot of money coming in lately for, for Catwoman consultation or whatever she does for a living. Uh, this is just the worst character in the movie. Not the most annoying character in the movie, but there is no point in this character being here. She doesn't give any information other than, look, there were tons of Catwomen in history. You know where she could have found that information? We could have eliminated at least one scene from an hour and 44-minute movie? On Google earlier. <laughs> like, there's no need for to bring a character in to describe this out of a book, especially when she doesn't believe it half the time, and it just results in her rubbing a catnip ball on her face. <laughs> and I swear, it must go on for half of the movie. It is. It's not like it's. It's not like a slow, like oh, oh like a seductive thing. It's like so stupid. What else do we have here? All right. Okay. So I've got something that that bothered me even more than the basketball scene, and even more than the Ferris wheel. And it's not even involving Halle Berry. So there's no point to this movie, but I guess there is. There is a theme to this movie that gets mentioned a couple times. Benjamin Bratt tells us the theme of this movie in a very uplifting monologue he has to the children. Where he says, and I quote, Being good is something you have in your heart because you choose to put it there. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying some people don't choose to be bad. But I want something different for you. I want something better. Do you understand? And then the kids start asking, can I see your gun? No. Can she see your gun? No. Does your gun have bullets in it? No. Can I have a gun? No. And then all of a sudden it's like, all right, I want you to go and be the good guys. You got it? (laughs) That is his motivational speech. Like, Do they bring this cop in there and say, listen, we need you to give a speech to the kids. All right, I've got one on don't do drugs. I got one on avoid gangs. I got one on avoid guns. No, no, no. We need you to give a speech on be good, not bad. Only the police know about being good and not being bad. And he comes up with this. (laughs) Like, this is one of the worst written monologues I have ever seen in my life. It gives us nothing. It is nothing but gibberish. It just essentially is be good, not bad. Got it, kids? And then they continue to bring this up throughout the course of the movie several times where there's like monologues of like, I don't know if I should be good or if I should be bad, but maybe I'm a little of both. And, and I'm like, I just stop reminding us of the terrible good 
been bad speech that Benjamin Brack gave. I felt so bad did for you, him. Did you not like, feel, I think, because Halle Berry kind of says it, I don't know if it's at the end of the movie at some point, but like, it was, seriously, it was almost word for word verbatim from Die Another Day when she's like, I'm good, especially when I'm bad. Yeah, like, there's that one. I'm, bad, I'm thinking, like, yeah. is this a Halle Berry thing? Does she go to every single script writer? Does she go to Lee Tamahockey and Batonk and basically go, yeah. I need to yeah. include <laughs> this line about me being bad and being good. I just have to. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. This is this is my I'll be back, okay? <laughs> yeah. I want an I'll be back. And it's gonna be I'm good or I'm bad. Like <laughs> that that there and it never caught on, sadly. I don't know why. Um and I made the same note you did here. Like, are police stations in the habit of giving out the officers' <laughs> location to strangers? <laughs> and then I love her her makeover where she's like, uh. All right. I know what I could do. I, first of all, I can spray speakers. I guess I can rob banks now, too. That was her logic putting it together. So she cuts her hair. And in the process, somehow her hair straightens and colors itself as well. <laughs> yep. Or did they delete the scene of her straightening and coloring her hair? It's a cat thing. Uh, and where did... <laughs> it's a cat thing. Yeah, exactly. You know how cats, they'll, they'll lick their, their paws, sort of brush their fur? Yep. That's how she straightens it. It's like we those, need that. It's like those, you know, those pillows that kind of are one color and you move them to the side and they like are a different pattern or something yeah. like that. Like that's yes, also what, exactly. cat, that's what cat fur is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, she's doing so many cat-like things in this movie. <laughs> Bashing her head into a pane of glass, spraying speakers with a hose. <laughs> Drinking straight up milk. Uh, wow, what a clever line of dialogue where she's like, white Russian, hold the ice, and this, and this, and this. And the guy with like this terribly pompous grin on his face goes, cream, straight up. And just, the audience just will be like, yeah, that's clever. It just reminds me of this, like, this is where an Adam Sandler movie did it better when he goes to that party and he's like, I'll have a scotch of water, hold the scotch. And that guy's like, Bobby, did you just make a joke? <laughs> like, that's funny. This dumb. It's terrible. I mean, even Halle Berry can't give it a boom. You know, even she's beyond the humor in this movie, I'm thinking. Um, I love when Benjamin Bratt starts to put the, the, the puzzle pieces together here. You know, she gave him this coffee cup earlier, which is clearly a disposable coffee cup from Starbucks that has the word sorry written on it. And then after she robs the bank or whatever and, and surfs the man on the floor, she writes sorry on a note inside the bank or the vault or whatever. And he doesn't put two and two together until probably six days later when that disposable rotting cup is still on his desk with the word sorry written and, on it. And the it's, worst it's scene. Still... And also, can we just point out, the like, the word, like, if this was a cube lab scene, like, this this handwriting expert is basically like, oh, that could be a match, but see how she's written this S? That means she's sad. But see on this one, how she's written the R? That means she's angry. They're definitely a different person. What? <laughs> Yeah, I, I love how, first of all, he felt the need to go to the handwriting expert in the precinct <laughs> when these two signatures are identical and you have a person writing the word sorry in the same size, the same style, the same everything. And he's like, I need you to tell me if this is the same person. He's like, well, it could be. I also don't think that the handwriting experts, forensic experts they have in police stations are psychological evaluators. <laughs> like, he's not like, you know what? The way that she curves the O here, this shows she's sad. <laughs> but the way that the other one curves the O shows she's angry. The way that the R is on this one means she's good. And the way the R is on this one means she's bad. <laughs> so not the same person. 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> clearly not the same person. All right, thank you. My girlfriend's in the clear. Uh, and yeah, this Ferris wheel scene, you know what bothered me most about it? It isn't that, okay, the point of the scene is to show, you know, she has a heroic side, I guess. Like they want to, th- that was the theme of the movie after all. Be good and be bad or something. But she's saving a child falling from a, a Ferris wheel. And, and not to sound cruel, but like with this kid and his ah or whatever he gives, his, his Willem scream, like, I was just thinking, just let him fall, please. Superman <laughs> would have, Clark Kent Bra- would have. Come on, we rem- we know the, <laughs> the conflict he had to have with his, pa- with his father telling him, like, maybe you should have let them die. Like, come on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, now, Benjamin Bratt, yeah, scaling, what is the amazement of Halle Berry being able to get down this thing? It takes her twice as long to climb down this thing as Benjamin Bratt does. He must be a cat man or something. <laughs> but he's clearly got superpowers because he's way more athletic than she is. And then he gets to the bottom. And yeah, did he operate Ferris wheels at the, the police academy? Like, is this a prerequisite course? Because he just knows how to do it. This thing is clearly crumbling and falling apart. And he's trying to stop a child from falling who's already almost hanging on by a thread. And he's like, let me just move this jerky thing down. You're basically <laughs> causing the kid to fall. He's about to murder a child. But the thing that bothers me more than anything else in this Ferris wheel scene is you've got all these ridiculous you know, bad CGI shots of Catwoman. And the one time where you might be able to see a stunt person do something interesting because there are real people on this Ferris wheel, they show the whole thing from a POV shot. So the audience doesn't even see this. I mean, look, this is the moment we're going to show you the most amazing thing that Catwoman can do, except we're not going to show you. (laughs) We're going to let you see it from her POV. Show us what she's doing. Otherwise, we have no clue what happened here. It's just sloppy filmmaking. It's sloppy editing. <sighs> I don't even know if we're up here. Are we at the sushi date? Can uh, I talk about the sushi date for a second? Yeah, uh, go for it. I don't care. Talk about the end. Uh. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> um, so the sushi date here, this is just minor complaint. When she's just downing pieces of fish, like like she's deep-throating this sashimi here. <laughs> um. I hate in movies when TV shows, even in regular everyday life, when people will misidentify with sushi. It's like, do you eat sushi? Have you ever ate sushi? Uh, I, I I have. I'm not a fan. Okay, so sushi is not raw fish. That's like, sashimi. What they're, yeah, what they're eating is sashimi. Sushi is literally a rice roll with anything you want in it. You could have sushi with cucumber in it you could have sushi with chicken in it you can and then it's not raw chicken it's a sushi is just a roll of rice with something in the middle and they hey are you like sushi huh and she's just eating sashimi it is not sushi it's sashimi done rant over um i just this movie costs a hundred million dollars to make right jurassic park costs 63 million dollars to make like, I get it, 11 years have passed, inflation, but even if $63 million in 2004 money is $80 million, like, how did this movie cost $100 million to make? It looks terrible. Like, what did they spend you know the money on? I, I just want to clarify here because I found it. Uh, there's not a filming location of Winnipeg necessarily, but one of the visual effects companies on this movie was a Winnipeg-based company. And you know, now that I read that, I do remember around this time, the mid-2000s, there were a lot of stories here about, oh, there's this visual effects company in Winnipeg that's starting to get a lot of work, and at the time it was like 
doing special feature stuff and not necessarily movies. But I'm guessing this was the visual effects company because where, where I'm finding here, it says visual effects out of Winnipeg. So a lot of these backgrounds of the unidentified city or the, you know, 1000 kilometer per hour cityscape going by on the motorcycle was Winnipeg. That means they had a cheaper visual effects budget than your regular average Hollywood movie because they're using Manitoba got a lot of movies filmed in it around this time because incredible tax credits. So I can therefore for, verify that if visual effects, at least partly, were done out of Winnipeg, they were cheap visual effects. Where did this $100 million go? The the filming on Wikipedia says it was uh, 4th Street in downtown Los Angeles, California, and Winnipeg, Manitoba, as well as Lion Gate Film Studios, Vancouver, British Columbia, and Warner Brothers Burbank Studios. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I don't know where the hunt, I mean, was it the leather suit? Did they pay like for all of those jewels in that store? Like, is that like Patonk thought, oh, well, we have to be realistic. I better go spend $90 million worth of our money on jewelry and we'll just spend the rest of the $10 million on CGI. Like, I couldn't spend the $7 to get a proper cat tag with Ophelia Dink's address on it. And another thing too, like you mentioned about the whole good, bad thing. It's good you make that point because isn't the point of Catwoman that she's not really a superhero? She's bad, but she kind of helps Batman every now and then, right? Like she's almost like the anti-hero, but she's also more bad. So there's definitely a tonal aspect of this movie where it's like, what? Oh, we show Halle Berry robbing jewels. That means she's bad. But then the rest of the movie, she's good. Like, what? Why do we have to have this one scene of her, like, robbing things? And, like, it just... If they're trying to explain this whole bad and good thing because this is the point of Catwoman, like, it makes no sense. Like, it makes no sense. I swear, Ant-Man, you know, is meant to be good, but he he was in jail for doing a good thing. But, like, I swear he's got more of a... Galaxy. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, how many of these superheroes are like this, you know? Um, it's just... Oh. And again, the whole plot of this movie, evil face cream, <laughs> we still don't know. But, like, this is the thing with Sharon Stone's character, which is dumb. We've literally had what we've seen of her is, oh, she's angry at her husband, her husband's a prick. We had one scene of her helping out Halle Berry, like, oh, no, give her to midnight tomorrow night. You know she's a good worker. And now, all of a sudden, when... Halle Berry breaks into her apartment. We have a weird fight scene to which all of a sudden Sharon Stone's like, oh, actually, no, I hate my husband too. Let's let's work together. Yeah. So, like, there seems to be this whole <laughs> notion in this movie of, oh, there's going to be a plot twist. Sharon Stone's actually evil. It's kind of not hard to tell when Sharon Stone's skulking through this movie with this evil look on the phone. I'm so bitter because I'm older than people. <laughs> Grr. Uh, like, that's Sharon Stone in this movie. Like, even when she's like, I have a phone. You can call me, girl. Like, <laughs> girl. <laughs> That's Sharon Stone in this movie. <laughs> and then, like, like I know you hate Halle Berry in Die Another Day because of her bad pun one-liners. This is where, again, I will say she's better in Die Another Day because, again, when she's dropping her your mama or, you know, these sort of things, again, she looks like she's having fun. Here, when she's Catwoman and she's all, like, skulky in her face and she's like, I'm delivering a one-liner. It's just such bad material that even in her usual exuberant personality Halle Berry style, it's bad. 
And, like, the thing is, like, as soon as she puts this suit on, it's almost like she's got a switch on where she's like, I'm wearing a stripper suit. I've got to be sexy. Like, it's kind of like walking around. You, you are literally in a leather cat suit, Halle Berry. That's it. You can start reciting the Declaration of Independence and reading me the Bible. I'm hooked because you are in a leather cat suit. You don't need to start going, Hi, I'm Catwoman. I'm sexy. Like, you've already done the hard yards, all right? It's like it's like if Hugh Jackman walked in there right now and took his shirt off in front of, Hall- in front of Halle Berry, because she's in your house, apparently, in front of Jamie. <laughs> like, Hugh Jackman doesn't have to be like, Hey, Jamie, I'm shirtless. I'm sexy. Like, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he has literally done what he needed to do, all right? <laughs> you had one job, you did it. <laughs> exactly. Um... Anyway, so um, there's an opera. They're weirdly dancing. Halle Berry scratches French guy. She escapes. There's a weird fight flirt scene with Benjamin Bratt. Um, Sharon Stone gets angry at her husband. Um, Halle Berry eats sushi. Here it is. She has sex with Benjamin Bratt. He looks at a glass with a lip. I I do not understand how he connects the dots. So there's a lip print on her glass and then a scratch print on his face. What? I thought that he took the glass and he was going to use that to test her DNA or something. But, like, then we see the computer scene and it's like he gets a match of... Like, he's got a weird photo of something red on his face and then the glass and then they're like... 99.9% match. Yeah. What, what is but it? This lip mark shows that she's sad, and this <laughs> lip mark shows that she's angry. Um, Sharon Stone has killed her husband, frames Halle Berry, they go on the run. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm just scrolling through the movie here. Um, Flip through the bars, they escape prison. Oh, that's right, Halle Berry gets arrested. Uh, and then, this is the weirdest thing. So she's all like... But you knew me when I was good. You you know I wouldn't do this. And he's literally like, all the evidence points to you. But you know me. That's not how policing works. The <laughs> evidence points to you. For God's sakes, Benjamin Bratt, put your dick away. You are worse than James Bond. Um, yeah, she escapes prison because she can fit through bars. There's no cops literally catch her. Her bum gets hit by a jaguar. She molests a jaguar statue. <laughs> There's a launch of a cream. There's a fight. She rips all wheels off things. Sharon Stone shoots Benjamin Bratt. Halle Berry and Benjamin Bratt make up, even though she's literally escaped prison. Uh, <laughs> we get... This is, again, one of these scenes that is always shown in, like, worst movie lines of all time when Sharon Stone's like, game over. And she's like, haven't you heard? We're entering overtime. Ugh. <laughs> And and then when Sharon Stone falls out the window, can we just point out that she pretty much jumps? Like, she's it's not like one of these ones where she's like, whoa, 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 I'm falling. She's like nowhere near the window to which she's like, whoa, I fell over. It's almost like Austin Powers when he's like, whoops, I fell over. Oh, no, I fell over again. Um, Oh, there's a plot line about um, how this cream has turned her skin into marble. Can I just... That's the biggest plot hole here. They say if you stop using the cream, your face will fall apart. If you continue to use it, 
you basically will become invincible like Sharon Stone. And she is so determined to have this stuff on the market to make everybody else just invincible as she is. That makes no sense. If you want power, if you want to be strong, if you want to be invincible, you don't want everybody else to be exactly the same as you. And can we also point out that uh, Halle Berry's friend, who is basically all like, oh no, don't use the face cream, you might die. She stopped using it and her face isn't crumbling. She's fine. Uh <laughs> She told her to stop using it, which should be the thing that's killing her. They told us in this movie, if you stop using it, you die. And she's like, don't use it or you'll die. Literally have an antidote or something. Because what about all these other women who've been using it? You're just basically killing these people now. Um, Yeah. Also, when, um, like, marble... Doesn't marble shatter when you hit it anyway? Like, so she's all like, (laughs) my skin's like marble. It's like, well, I don't know about marble statues that you've dropped, but they don't usually just not shatter. Um, and the Sharon Stone scene <laughs> falling, the way she's like doing these weird flips in the sky, like, wow, 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 wow. <laughs> it's so bad. Um, we haven't even mentioned Halle Berry's whip. Okay, cool. Um, the end of the movie then happens because it's all very Spider-Man again of like, you know, oh, I can't love you, MJ, because people like us can't be together because you'll always be in danger. So we get this, like, closing monologue, basically, of Halle Berry, like, a person like me can't be with you because you're a cop and I'm a catwoman. And then, basically, she's, like, walking on a ledge, again, sauntering up to her body, and then we've got the crappest CGI moon, and... Ugh, this movie's over. What the hell have we watched? This, thankfully, it's over. Um, uh, uh, (laughs) (laughs) all right, so, uh, let's just go back and have a little bit of fun here for a second. So the opera scene, um, we've seen, we've done a lot of opera scenes. There was, you know, Living Daylights, or I guess that was Symphony Scene, but, uh, there was Quantum of Solace, there was Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, has this got to be the worst opera scene ever? Oh, easy, because opera scenes are usually great. I mean, think about it. Like, Quantum of Solace yeah. is a terrible movie, but we can all agree that the um, opera scene is maybe the best thing in that movie. I mean, Living Daylights, you don't yeah. like that movie, but even you would like the symphony scene. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, everybody loves the opera scene in Revenge of the Sith. Even people who don't yeah. like Revenge of the Sith, they're like, man, that was a great scene. That's actually true. But, like, this is the worst. The opera adds nothing to this scene. And my favorite part, though, is the fight scene they have at the scaffold, which, again, is what we see in all of these opera scenes. The fight on the scaffolds when uh, he says something to her, it's like, you're you're bad. And he goes, that depends. Do you like bad girls? No. I so wanted him to – he says, I like good girls. I so wanted him to say, no, I like good girls. And good is something you have in your heart because you choose to put it there. <laughs> I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying some people don't choose to be bad. But I want something different for you. And I want something better. Do you understand? It's very Ryan Lochte, <laughs> isn't it? It's almost like I'm a man in the morning and a man – it's like I'm good in the morning yeah. and I'm good at night. She is she is the the superhero for Ryan Lochte. There we go. <laughs> Super douchey. <laughs> Very athletic. Got kidnapped um, in Rio. Got kidnapped in Rio. Yeah, two of a kind. Uh, her hair changes color for no reason. <laughs> yeah, maybe she's just, maybe she's like the um you know the Britney Spears where like she can swim the hundred meters in five point nine seconds and just no one's yeah. discovered this. <laughs> Maybe Ryan Lochte put this cream on his head instead of his face, and that's what happened to him. <laughs> that's why he's grey. Um, yeah, exactly. like marble. <laughs> and yeah, I, seriously, I don't understand why Sharon Stone wants this cream to be released. She realizes this gives her power, and this is that moment where the super villain is like, I can rule the world. And she's like, no, everybody must have this cream. <laughs> but 
that it doesn't make any sense. It, what, they haven't yet told anybody how they're going to enforce that everybody uses this and doesn't stop using it. And like you said, when this goes away, how many people are dying? Like we know we had the friend say earlier she got an advanced copy of this. I doubt she was the only person in the world that got an advanced copy of this. There are tons of people out there who are dying and Catwoman has not saved their lives. She's just killed the woman who wanted to have the people who still were alive Sharon Stone is the hero of this movie if you think about it true because well, yeah the people the people who are already using this cream they're gonna die now that Sharon Stone's dead well, you, she wanted them to have the cream she wanted them to live think about like <laughs> she's how a good guy you have these weird like news bulletins of like Catwoman kills again and all this kind of stuff and then we literally get at the end someone reading a newspaper you know evil woman stopped Catwoman saves un- unknown yeah. lives like what no she didn't <laughs> she's there's many people who are dying a day later after this probably her friend included yeah i mean i bet your cat woman started coronavirus she ate a bat exactly. <laughs> she's a cat it's all green yeah um, um oh you keep this going fight scene. <laughs> yeah so this wow like okay i thought that the worst fight scene in superhero movie history was ben affleck and michael clark duncan in daredevil <laughs> I have now seen Catwoman. Like, that is a masterpiece compared to this. And so many things are wrong with it. Let's just start with the fact that neither of these women are athletic in real life. I understand they're both in shape. But neither are known for stunt work. Neither are known for physicality. Halle Berry had done several action movies up until this point and virtually did none of the action. The action stuff that she is clearly visible on screen for in X-Men looks terrible. That's why people didn't like her as Storm. Now... Years after this movie, she did John Wick Chapter 3, and even though I still find her and her acting style to be very annoying in that movie because she's doing the same thing of like, I'm so witty, I'm so clever, I'm, I've got one-liners, but I'm at least physically she was able to pull off the action. She is not able to pull off the action here. So what studio boss was like, you know what, we've got Halle Berry. She's in great shape, but she can't move. <laughs> what do we need? We need... Sharon Stone, an older woman who also doesn't move in a fight scene that nobody wants to see. It's over in like two minutes, but that's still two minutes too long. Like, I never want to see this fight scene again. Uh, The one thing that I could say Elektra had over this is at least you had Jennifer Garner who could do real fight scenes. Like, Halle Berry is not an action star. If you want to make her a superhero, fine. But, like, instead of getting real stunts in this where maybe she's in a mask you could put a stunt woman in this we get this bad cgi fight with an old woman and halle berry it's just it's it's an awful awful thing to do to the audience it's terrible it's worse than coronavirus i don't want to watch this fight scene ever again please that's the tagline of this uh, movie then- worse than coronavirus <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um and then the logic of you know benjamin bratt saying you know what if Patience Phillips is back in her cell this morning Then she was never Catwoman in the first place. Like, don't they do cell checks? And yes, she can slip through bars, but they still have cameras everywhere. There will be some evidence of her escaping from prison somewhere. But if she goes back there, then there's no way she'd be Catwoman. But there's nobody there who witnessed this was Catwoman. All the people who actually saw Catwoman as the one who stopped this are now dead. So what does it matter if she's back in her cell or not? And she just gets out, I guess. And then they're ignoring the fact that they pegged her as Catwoman in the first place by all things like signatures that match completely, DNA, forensics, fingerprints, whatever else. But no, you know what? Ignore all that. 
she was in her cell. I, I tucked her into bed the night before. I was there when she woke up in the morning. There's no way she could get out of her cell. It's just idiotic. And why, if they're going to have this moment, like you said, the Spider-Man moment, which, you know, corny as it is, that final scene, the graveyard scene between Peter Parker and Mary Jane in the first Spider-Man where he's, you know, uh, basically saying, I can't be with you. And then he, he walks away as like, who am I? You know, that's still a powerful scene. This scene happens off camera. You have one moment to actually give a heroic moment, a heroic monologue to your hero of the movie. And instead they go from them being like, I love you, Benjamin Bratt. And they cut to a shot of him reading a letter from her saying, I'm sorry, I can't be with you. And then she's walking on a beam and whipping things and humping things or whatever else she does. Like that's not an ending. You, you've literally just like with the Ferris wheel scene, you've literally robbed us of one moment of this movie that actually could have been half decent. I'm sorry. Never want to watch this again. I'm just um, discovering here the writers of this movie. Um, so we have Michael Ferris, John Brancato, both two people who are not good enough to have their own Wikipedia pages, right? But then we have a, uh, a third writer called Teresa Rebeck. Now, I've looked up Teresa Rebeck's career here, and I've discovered that she was a writer on an episode of Third Watch. And... <laughs> I oh, looked boy. at the episode that she has written, and I have to say, it was season one episode Demolition Derby, which was the very first episode of Third Watch I ever binned. Uh, so <laughs> that that episode actually has J.K. Simmons in it, funnily enough. But um, yeah, it's very schmaltzy and very preachy and very you know. But um, that makes a lot of sense right now. Um, oh God, um, I feel sick. I, I think I have coronavirus <laughs> after after doing this. Um, box office. Is this, can, before we get to that, I know we'll get to our reviews and everything. Or no, I'll save it for the reviews. Go on, box office. <laughs> well, yeah, well, we know we're bidding it. I was just going to say, is this the worst movie we've done in Bad Movie Month? I feel like everything else we've done has at least some campy quality to it you can enjoy. Or something so absurd about it, like the Book of Henry, where it's so absurd it's laughable. This is just a bad movie that's unpleasant to watch. See... No, I I hated the Emoji Movie more. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I I well, see. I know we didn't do Dirty Dancing in Bad Movie Month, but um, I I know we've <laughs> we've had about four movies now where I've come on and gone. This is the worst movie we've ever covered. Um, yeah, but no, no Emoji Movie worse than this. Still, I'm um, calling this is the worst. No, maybe Swept Away was worse than this. You know, it's actually really funny. I was because um, I'm still re-listening to Double Seven now because I'm that person. Um, and we were, oh, we were doing a movie and we started talking about Swept Away. <laughs> uh, and oh. this was well before you had ever seen it. So, um, yeah, I can't remember. But anyway, like, oh, that movie looks so good. I, I rented Swept Away. I'd still watch Swept Away any day of the week. Um, uh, and also just a, a nod to movies that we've done with the word cat in it. We did Cat in the Hat last year. Catwoman. I'm not doing cats. I'm sorry. Um, all these people out oh, there who, well, all these people out there who are like, oh my god, cats was bad. Has anyone seen the play? It is terrible. I had to watch it twice, and I like, I just wanted to kill myself both times. The, the musical Cats is bad. So anyone who went into a movie about the musical thinking it was going to be good, you're an idiot. It's terrible. Sorry. Um, Catwoman grossed $82 million. <laughs> um, again, a $100 million budget. This was the highest grossing female superhero movie until Wonder Woman. Um, 
the majority of its money was made uh, overseas. Uh, well, okay, when I say majority, 41 million of it. <laughs> so 40 million was still made domestically. Um, on its opening weekend, it made a paltry $16 million. Um, on its opening day, it only made $6 million. It ranked third behind iRobot, which had been in cinemas for a week at that point. And The Born Supremacy was released on the same day, made $18 million on its opening day. Um, so there you go. Uh, funnily enough, Spider-Man 2 nearly made more money on that day than Catwoman did on its opening day. Uh, so yes. Um, critical response. It was panned by critics. Really? Um, 9% on Rotten Tomatoes. Is this the lowest we've ever had? I I don't know if we've had lower than 9%. It might be, yeah. Was Battlefield Earth lower? I, I don't know. Don't know. Um, has a 3.1 out of 10, um, the site's critical consensus. Halle Berry is the lone bright spot, but even she can't save this laughable action thriller. Metacritic, 27 out of 100, um, generally unfavorable reviews. Um, and it has apparently a B on cinema score on an A to F scale. Yeah. If you actually look at Google ratings, it's got like 79% of people like this film or something like that. Um. Sure it's not dyslexic? Yeah, possibly. Uh, Roger Ebert had this on his list of most hated films. He criticised the filmmakers for giving little thought to providing Barry with strong character stories, supporting characters or action sequences, but his primary criticism came from the failure of the film to give the audience a sense of what her character experienced as she was transformed into Catwoman. He rather referred it to being a movie about Halle Berry's beauty, sex appeal, figures, eyes, lips, and costume design. It gets those right. Um, I do love this one here. Bill Muller of the Arizona Republic stated that Barry should possibly give her Academy Award back as a penalty for this <laughs> film. I remember. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it... I, I just, uh, I wanted to add something on the reviews here. I did find, I've lost it now, but I did find earlier, uh, a, an article that actually breaks down all of Halle Berry's movies based on, uh, their Rotten Tomatoes ratings. And there are three movies that are lower than this. Two of which she only has minor roles in New Year's Eve and um, uh, Movie 43. But the only movie starring Halle Berry to get a lower rating than Catwoman is Dark Tide, a 2012 movie she made, which to me looks like a surfer movie or something like that, or a shark movie, uh, that has 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> so it took a 0% to actually be rated worse than Catwoman. I thought you were about to say Die Another Day. I thought you were about to have some little laughter <laughs> there. Um Swept the Razzies. Uh, it won Worst Picture, Worst Actress, Worst Director, Worst Screenplay. Sadly, did not win Worst Supporting Actor, Supporting Actress, or Worst Screen Couple. So there, uh, Worst Supporting Actor Lambert Wilson lost to Donald, Rump- Donald Rumsfeld in Fahrenheit 9-11. <laughs> um, fair enough. Sharon Stone lost to Britney Spears in Fahrenheit 9-11. Oh, yeah. uh, which is a bit that to me that's terrible. Britney Spears literally says like two words in that movie. That's mean. Um, screen couple Halle Berry and Benjamin Bratt. Oh, sorry, Halle Berry with either Benjamin Bratt or Sharon Stone lost to George W. Bush with either Condoleezza Rice or his pet goat in Fahrenheit 9/11. Um, oh, the Wayne Brothers got nominated for White Chicks. I love that movie. Um, 
Also in oh, the Stinkers you- Bad Movie Awards, it won Worst Picture, Least Special Special Effects, Worst Director, Worst Actress, and Worst Supporting Actress. As we mentioned uh, previously, of course, Halle Berry accepted her um, Razzie in person. She actually brought her Oscar out at the same time, which was kind of funny. Uh, and one thing, too, on the Stinkers Bad Movie Awards, it was nominated for Most Intrusive Musical Score. We have not mentioned the soundtrack to this movie. This soundtrack is so bad. Like, <laughs> do you know what's... Oh, every scene. I was going to say, do you know what's sad about that is it's actually one of my favorite composers, Klaus Bedelt, who most people credit Hans Zimmer with doing the Pirates of the Caribbean's music, but the first Pirates of the Caribbean's movie was actually Klaus Bedelt. And he's done a lot of other great soundtracks, like The Time Machine and uh, Prince of Egypt, uh, Basic. I mean, he, he's a great composer. And then he did this. I'm like, this is disgusting. I feel like I want to throw up and I want to get rid of all of his other soundtracks I have. <laughs> but it's also just the music. Because like every single scene, there's some like cheesy early 90s R&B song happening in the background. It's yeah. like, oh, girl, oh, I want to touch your boobies. It feels like the sex scenes from the room. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that is very true. <laughs> Oh, God, this soundtrack is woeful. This may be the worst soundtrack I've ever had to do a recap on, and we did bloody Casino Royale 1967 or whatever it was. Um, Other than that, plot keywords. um, Maybe one of my favourite plot keywords of all time. There is literally a plot keyword of WTF. (laughs) 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 To which if you click on it, your options are Sunshine from 2007, 21 and Over, Catwoman, uh, some movie called Bez von Arya, probably a Patonk film, um, A Day in the Life, <laughs> Daisy Six, uh, an episode of a taste, uh, I'm sorry, an episode of Spliced called A Taste of Friendship. Yeah, there's a lot of weird things on here. Um, anyway, um, I don't know if you've got it out in front of you. There's um, female thief, interracial relationship, black woman, white woman relationship, um, racial, radical transformation, um, woman cat relationship. Here we go. Uh, um, Scary Movie 2, Catwoman, and IGPX Immortal Grand Prix, episode under the name of the Emperor. Yep. (laughs) Oh, um, that famous one. Coming soon to the Oz Network. Um, we could do Worst Picture Razzie Winner Month, Falling Downstairs Month, Cosmetic Industry Month. There you oh, go. Oh, boy. That's the winner. Yep. Uh, what what can we do here? Uh, featuring Catwoman, Material Girls, Steam Room Stories, The Movie, and The, the Wasp movie. The Wasp Woman. Um, I swear there was something about lesbians here. I can't, what? I can't find... Were there lesbians in this movie? Well, I think it was like lesbian undertone or something like that. Um, lesbian subtext month. Um, <laughs> let's do that one, shall we? Featuring Hustlers, Goldeneye, uh, Phantom <laughs> Thread. Phantom Thread! Oh, no, no, no. Uh, and No Strings Attached, a Natalie Portman movie. There we go. Um... Goldeneye, what, when Famke Jansen turns to Natalia, waits for your turn? Is that the only lesbian That's... subtext in Goldeneye? It's one of the most famous lesbian subtext scenes <laughs> in history, apparently. Gee, third most... Bin, 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 bin. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I would rather watch Crossroads than watch this movie. Uh... Oh, easily. <laughs> um, Alright, next week, Gigli. Uh... <laughs> 
Might get worse. I like, like, let's be honest. Ji Lee is always credited as one of the worst movies of all time. Uh, again, never seen it. I know about there's something about turkey gobble gobble in it. That's about it. Yeah. Um, this was peak benefit period of life because we all appreciated that. I actually, and of course, you know, I'm going to say this. I like Jennifer Lopez's music. I appreciate the music clip to Jenny from the Block where you see Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez in it. Great, because he removes her bikini bottom. That's sexy. I'm scared to watch this movie um, because I like Ben Affleck. I like Jennifer Lopez until maybe next week. I don't know. Not to mention Al Pacino and Christopher Walken. Are they in this movie? Oh, God, I didn't yeah. know that. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm excited all uh, of a sudden. Christopher Walken, you know? God, we've got Batman. We've got Max Zorin. We've got Selena. Um, I don't know what else Jennifer Lopez played. Jenny from the Block. There she is. Um, I think what's going to be harder is this movie's over two hours long. Uh, which I, I know I mentioned this last week that uh, my brother and I went on this kick for a while where we just rented all the things we knew were bad movies just so we could laugh at it. And there was the odd bad movie that we could not get all the way through. And this is one of these ones. I don't even know if we started from the beginning. I think that we just put it on. <laughs> zoned out during the opening credits and then I, I have like this missing time you know from my life here because i remember a couple of parts in the middle of the movie and then just us never finishing watching it but what we saw was as bad as the reputation uh has given this movie i think what's most interesting about this one is that it's probably gross less money easily it grossed less money than all the other movies we're talking about maybe all the other movies we've covered period on all these years this is the definition of a box office bomb movies like catwoman and batman and robin these are in the case of catwoman maybe mildly financially successful batman and robin very financially successful just critically bashed this movie made almost nothing and yet the reputation for this and and the amount of publicity and media coverage this got even after its release just for being a bomb there's never been anything like it and there never will be again yeah there are Movies we are doing this year as far as blockbuster movies like Wonder Woman and and uh, Ghostbusters probably won't happen anymore. Let's be honest. <laughs> but these other big movies that as much hype as these movies have and as much people are talking about them, there was still more publicity around Jiggly after it came out when everybody knew it was bad and nobody went to go see it than any other movie probably that whole year. It was a phenomenon of this movie is so bad, nobody's going to see it, we just have to tell you how bad it is. And so much of that had to do with the whole Ben Affleck, Jennifer Lawrence, uh, Jennifer <laughs> Lopez, not Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> you know he, he, he hooked up with Jennifer, Jennifer Garner. Like, I know I know Ben Affleck loves his Jennifers, but I don't think he's yeah, quite exactly. gone to Jennifer Lawrence yet. <laughs> he's making the Jennifer rounds. Um but yeah, it, th- again, another thing that I think that that's sort of the straw that broke the camel's back of people just not wanting to hear about celebrities' personal lives anymore. It just got so out of control. So that's almost more interesting than the movie itself is just the amount of media storm around this movie and their relationship. Yeah, and I, like I remember like how vitriolic this was when it came out and like it's still to this day when you mention the worst movies of all time, this generally is always straight away listed. Um, and... It's 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 almost to me kind of almost being like the room that I've heard it so bad I just want to see it. Whereas I think the difference with the room is that everyone just loves it because it's so bad. Whereas I don't think this has ever kind of had a renaissance, has it? Um, no. But and and what the thing that's going to be interesting too is that there's while we didn't really I mean we sort of mentioned about like Halle Berry, Sharon Stone, like their careers have never really recovered really from it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean let's talk about last week with Crossroads. I mean. 
it sadly never launched. Britney Spears acting career, like you know, and you know, outside of um, what's the name, uh, the oh, the one actress in it, pretty much everyone in Crossroads <laughs> is kind of being tainted, you know. Whereas yeah. Geely, like the the positive, you know, Ben Affleck, huge career, re- you know, resurgence. Uh, Jennifer Lopez. Mm-hmm. Again, similar thing. She apparently, I've not seen Hustlers, but was robbed of getting nominated for an Oscar this year. So that makes me happy. Because again, I am a fan of both these people. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't also think there has ever been a celebrity couple uh, with that much coverage. I mean, we can oh, talk about this never. because... Not in our lifetime, at least. I mean, you know, I know Kanye West, Kim Kardashian, you know, Tom Cruise, Nicole Kim, and all these sort of things, they were big. But, like, God, the Jennifer Lopez, Ben Affleck thing, this was almost breaking news when they broke up. Um, yeah. It, I mean, it pretty much was. I mean, outside of that, I mean, the closest thing you would have had that to was, what, another Jennifer, Jennifer Aniston, Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie mm-hmm. sort of thing. But, gosh, this was... Anyone who was around in the early to mid-2000s will know exactly... Like, think about coronavirus right now, right? All over the news. Yeah. 2003, 2004, every single day. Today on our Benefer update, they were seen walking down the street breathing. For more on this, exactly. here's Tom yeah. on the street. What were they breathing, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> A cat came and breathed on Ben. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so no, I, I look. I'll be honest with you. This is maybe the one I'm looking forward to the most, weirdly, just because I want to see this reputation catwoman was kind of like that but now i wish i had coronavirus whereas <laughs> Gili, I, I i i say this now let, let's quote this next week because ben what going to say it i feel like i might be more forgiving on this movie when i know nothing about it so <laughs> yeah anyway and uh, Gili, jiggly giggly um giggly yeah i mean according to wikipedia it's Gili because it's in brackets g lee so <laughs> Okay. Uh, so that's next week. It keeps getting better, folks. Um, how have we... This is, what, our third, fourth year of Bad Movie Month and we're only doing Geely now? Uh, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, but tune in for that. You you know the drill when it comes to liking and following. You'll hear talk about it in just a few moments. Um, and also, I, I mentioned this slightly the other day on our Australian Survivor recap that uh, in the coming weeks, we potentially will be having a few changeover things just with our feed uh, that shouldn't affect anything. You should still be able to get all the episodes and everything, but uh, there may be a bit of a transition process where there could be some errors. So if you're trying to go back and get old episodes and they're not working, uh, just bear with us. Send us a message. Let us know what you're trying to get. And uh, again, there might be a bit of a transition period where things aren't working. So uh, it will be fixed in due course. So stay tuned for that. Um, my name is Ben, and I come when I feel like it, not when I'm told. And my name is Colin, and grrr. Thanks for downloading this episode from the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as find out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at the oznetwork.net. Thanks once again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. <laughs>